This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW, DallasNews.com podcast. I'm Evan Grant, along with David Moore. Say hello, David. Hello, Evan. Uh, Kevin Sherrington is not in the office today. He, uh, however, is joining us on the phone because he's got to pick up his truck, as the kids say. Kevin, are you there? That's a, uh, that's a that's code, and if you don't know that, I'm sorry if, you, if you're not keeping up. All right. Well, whatever that euphemism is, we'll, uh, whatever. Uh, the, you know, the Cowboys. They you have they, four on the floor in that truck? Uh, no, not on the floor, no. Okay. Oh, boy. We, we're working blue here. The Cowboys, they picked up their truck a little bit this weekend, I thought. I, I thought that was a strange segue, but... Yeah, I thought you were going to say, get sure, the truck let's go with here. it. But anyway, okay. Uh, they their truck a little bit. I, I, well, I'm trying to <laughs> understand the euphemism here. I, was that right, Kevin? Did I use that the right way, or are you actually picking no, up a truck? No, no. I, well, I am at some point, but anyway. Uh, so you boys were both at the Cowboy game on Sunday night while all hell was breaking loose in Dallas. How did you enjoy that? Well, it was a little odd, you know. Uh, at one point, uh, Damon Marks, our editor, turned to me and said, "Is everything all right at your house?" And because uh, we live west of Preston Hollow, and uh, he, I, I, my first thought was, "Why wouldn't everything be all right?" Um, and then uh, I texted my wife, and and she said that she was going to go get in the closet, uh, which I said was not a good sign. Uh, and then I then that, however, was not a euphemism. No, it was not a euphemism. I was, we were having a disagreement. I was trying to tell her that the, the hall bath was the better place. That's safer. And then she is trying to argue with me. And I said, you know, these things happen in a matter of seconds. And you're arguing with me that you'd rather be in your closet. Because she thought it was more comfortable in there than it was in the bathroom. <laughs> Comfort is important. Yeah. Yeah, for, the, for that, you know. When the house is coming down around you, you want, <laughs> you want the creature comforts. It's the little things, then. I will You're going to be in there for 30 seconds, sweetie. It's okay if you if it's not as comfortable. So anyway, fortunately, nothing happened in our house. We're very grateful and very thankful. Just just south of us, uh, just all hell broke loose. So uh, it was uh, it's pretty devastating. We we walked around a little bit of that this morning uh, in our neighborhood. We live between Preston Royal and Preston Forest, and um, it's just uh, down by Preston Royal and, and some of those areas over there. Just looks like bombs went off uh, everywhere. It's just, it's just amazing. I, we, we just, Kevin, I'm going to share a, a text that you sent me last night because um, I thought it, it, you say things very well sometimes, not in print, but sometimes <laughs> in general you do. 
Um, and uh, he said, we were very fortunate. I hope this isn't going to ruin our friendship any more than it's already ruined. But yeah, he said, much. we were very fortunate, but it's hard to see friends' houses destroyed, beautiful canopies of trees shredded, favorite hangouts ruined. It'll never be quite the same. All the product of a few devastating minutes. And I, I, I thought, you know, that said so much in one little paragraph. And, and the visual of, of the trees over there um, in that neighborhood just completely being uprooted and thrown all over the place uh, and people that we both know who have unlivable homes at this point in time we were we were talking in here before we started that you, uh, you've seen pictures of, of tornadoes and hurricanes and, and that kind of damage before and and my best friend back home in Atlanta had his house damaged by one in 98 but uh, until you like feel it in your in your own neighborhood i don't know that it 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 truly hits home and you see the 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 power and how helpless you are in in the face of nature sometimes yeah it's really remarkable over here you know when i was we went to see some friends that live directly across the street of uh north haven gardens which is a nursery over by the jcc and uh there is so much stuff piled up in their front yard and up next to their house. I'm assuming most of it from North Haven Gardens. You can't even see their house, mm. and and he they believe he's an architect. He, they believe that the roof actually picked up and then came back down again because two walls inside their house fell down. This is of course while they were in the house. Oh my god! Um, so uh, yeah, and back over there, there is not a. On North Haven, there there's not a tree on that street that isn't either uprooted or damaged so severely that it'll have to be cut down. And um, you know, it, it's it's just uh, when you're yeah when you're walking through the middle of it, it's just unbelievable to see. And and the, and the great thing is, and you know we, you know, and this is at one point, uh, this is just Debbie and what she's like. I was we were walking, I was walking a little bit up in front of her. And, and I saw a young woman standing there in her front yard with her child, uh, probably one or two years old, and and uh, and I and I feel, you feel bad for these people. You don't know what to do or know what to say. I, you almost have survivor's remorse because nothing's happened at your house, and right. uh, we're just checking on our friends. And and uh, and so I walked past her, and so then I noticed that she wasn't behind me. And so later when we were walking back, she said, "Well." I walked up as I was walking past that young woman. She was her shoulders were starting to heave a little bit, and so I stopped and gave her a hug. And she started crying, and and you know, and then someone else stopped and and was telling her that everything was going to be all right. And and you know, it's just it's uh, you know it's sad. It's 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 going to take a long time uh, for us to recover from all this. And, and of course, the the miracle of it all, and and the, the unbelievable thing is that not only were there no fatalities. We don't even really know anybody who was hurt. Uh, I, yeah, and I think the this. I think the mayor's amazing. press conference yesterday said there were they had confirmed no serious injuries. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, and, and that is ultimately that is how we we were very very fortunate. Um, but also the the random patterns that emerge from yeah. from tornadoes to where you just have this devastating damage and then one house over nothing. The, it, it's just so. That tornado was, I think I saw stats, that tornado was 1,300 yards wide at its, at its widest. And there have been some aerial shots of, of the swath, uh, and you can follow it. And that is so strange because my my old home was two blocks south of Thomas Jefferson. I went up there mm-hmm. yesterday. I was unfortunately one of those gawkers, and, and, and I just had to, to see what it was like up there. And 
and my house there were some there were some trees down in front of the house um some branches down in front of the house but you went one block up and looked north towards thomas jefferson and it it looked like it it did look like a a a hurricane really had come through Mm -hmm. because everything was either bent or uprooted um and and i'm i'm a little bit more used to the idea of hurricanes having spent some time in south florida than than even my time in atlanta or here because i just never had been i we've all been under tornado watches we've all been under tornado warnings but i've never had one hit so close to home and it, it was uh it's uh, pretty amazing to see. Did you guys so at the at the game there was everything just because according to Channel Five everything just went off as usual. Yeah, what there was like a six minute delay I think before was they acknowledged it and I believe and and they came out and apologized yesterday for how they handled oh but it there was the nothing game. at the game no there was no announcement well, or anything no no announcement at the game but at come was that halftime or the third quarter where they put up then it, it started to get. In Arlington, not not to the extremes that you had in Dallas, but uh, they they did put up on the jumbotron for everyone to stay in the stadium and not, not go, go to the their plaza. cars. Yeah. yeah, not go out to their cars or go out to the plaza. And I believe they they uh, put that message on the board at halftime. I believe. All right, so we can ponder the the tornado and the mysteries of the tornado and weather, but I think an even um, more difficult mystery to f- figure out is the schizophrenia of the Dallas Cowboys. Which who is this team, David? I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, based on past years, I would have expected the performance that they had Sunday night against Philadelphia because this team has played its best, um, you know, the, the whole trite thing of when their backs are against the wall. Uh, they played really well at home. They've dominated the division. Uh, since Dak Prescott and, and Ezekiel Elliott joined the team. But in the in the losses leading up to that Philadelphia game, a lot of the things that were in place for this team on what they did well fell apart or unraveled on them. Um, they were non-competitive at home against a, a Green Bay team that was shorthanded offensively. Um, they go on the road and, and lost to a team they should have beaten in the, in the Jets. And and anyone who saw the Jets New England game last night knows what an indictment that Jets loss is uh, at the moment. So the, the 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 losing streak and how the team was performing was so uncharacteristic leading up to the Eagles game that I really didn't know what to expect. Based on previous years, I would have said, "Yeah, they will win this game." I wouldn't have predicted thirty-seven ten, but yeah, they will win this game. Uh, you know, they, they've they had good success against – again, going into that game, they had won 12 of their previous 14 games in the division. Uh, they dominate the NFC East. and Which is damning which, with faint praise. Well, yes, point. it is. But, uh, again, it, it, it establishes that they have been the best team in the division in recent years, and they've asserted it by beating everyone else right. in the division. So um, – so, all of that was there, but you know you just hadn't seen it. And they had, and look that that Jets loss was so bad, and uh, they looked so listless in that game. Uh, and, and so many of the the key players they were counting on didn't step up that you were going, uh, 
Well, let's let's see what happens here. I mean, I well, you it, had, it wasn't a must win, but but that game Sunday night was really a crossroads, and, and and their season would be going down a much much different path right now if, if they would have lost it. Kevin, did did this did did the outcome of this of this game surprise you? Uh, n- n- well, yeah, by 27 points, yeah, that's a surprise. Uh, I mean, I think I picked them 24-20, something Yeah, like that. And, and, uh, and it's not just the fact that they won. I mean, it's the fact that they that, that they just dominated this Eagles team after looking so listless for two weeks. I mean, did that surprise you? Yeah, well, here's the thing I, I, that surprised me was that I, I, was hearing, I hear from the same people all the time on email, and they, and, and they were all saying, oh, you're an idiot for picking the, you know, the Cowboys to win. It's like, do you not understand that the Eagles are also three and three? Do you, did you have you watched that secondary, which has been a problem for a couple of years now, several years, and and so the Eagles have all all kinds of problems as well. So, and I think one of the things that surprised me a little bit from that standpoint was that I didn't know this number until reading something that Paul Domowicz had written in Philadelphia. He, he just writes a column where he just has all kinds of numbers in it, talking about Carson Wentz's um, uh, accuracy problems this year. That is that he is completing the. Uh, the lowest percentage of his career at this point, and uh, and I think we saw a little bit of that uh, in the game Sunday. So uh, I think we're starting to see, you know, with Carson Wentz being healthy finally, um, you know, for uh, and I think he's a really talented guy. And there are times when he throws really a, a great ball and looks really good, and then there are other times he just he just doesn't look that good and uh and for for the guy who was taken where he was in the draft as opposed to being a fourth round draft pick like Dak um I, uh it I, I think that with all the conversation about whether Dak's going to be worth the money I'm starting to think that he's worth at least as much as Carson Wentz is so uh from that standpoint I, I think I could I could see you know I, I felt like the Cowboys would win this game I think they do for whatever reason, get uh, get up more for these teams that are in their division than they do for some outside teams. I also think you know that we were seeing a lot of guys return to the lineup. You got you were getting both tackles back. Amari Cooper is going to play. You know that's that was all different from the from the Jets game, and and uh, and I you know I'm not excusing that loss on that either. That was just you know indescribable uh, how poorly they played there, but. Um, uh, the, the thing that, that got me in this game were, were the two things. One, that the defense played so well, played to played to the you know it, it's uh, it, it's very best. Sean Lee looked like he did five years ago. You know, uh, Demarcus Lawrence played like he hadn't played all year long. He was tremendous in the first half, especially. Uh, we, we saw some breakout performance. We saw Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderish finally play like we expected them to play. You know, he's he's doing the, the wolf howl and all that kind of thing. So there was there were all kinds of plays being made. And then on offense, you know, we hear all along, well, like we need a fast start. Um, and that's in the, everything is predicated on that. And of course, they haven't had any fast starts in the last three games. Outscored something like forty-nine to seven. Uh, but you know, uh, nine, nine, think, right? Nine first half points in the, th- in the f- yeah, forty-seven to nine. 47, yeah, yeah. It, forty-seven to nine. That's what it was. Yeah, but, but very quickly. Yeah, this was this was their <laughs> again. This was I didn't really realize it until it it happened. It had been so long, but this was the first the the first quarter when they scored. Uh, even put aside all those stats, from that point on in the Philadelphia game, that was the first time they had played with a lead since the third quarter of their loss to New Orleans on September 29th when they were up 10-9. Yeah. to nine. It was their 
it was the the only time since week three of the season that they played with a lead larger than three points. So this team had been playing from behind for the oh, wow. entire month. Uh, and it, it reflected in their performance, in their offensive performance, what they weren't able to do. I mean, the, the DNA, DNA of this team, Kevin, like you are talking about, is built to get out ahead and play from ahead. And that sounds simplistic, but when you're built that way and you're constantly playing from behind – uh, I think you see some of the the deficiencies and the cracks start to appear. So for you guys, yeah, and, and it, go ahead, Karen. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm just going to say that you know the, the thing about the uh, on offense. You know, on that first drive, we we saw them do some things. You know, uh, when we've all talked about them doing more things on offense, and I'm not talking about them all of a sudden becoming you know uh, Oklahoma or or, or becoming. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes is healthy, you know, we're just talking about them doing things, things a little different. And, and on the, on, let's, you know, for for instance, the Tavon Austin uh, touchdown run, you know, they, they do the zone read, and instead of either handing off to uh, Zeke Elliott or keeping the ball himself, he turns and pitches the ball to Austin, who is, and the play is wide open, and he goes, makes a terrific run and fakes out Orlando Scandrick and scores a touchdown. Those kind of plays are the kind of things that you need, the kind of wrinkles that you need to be to have to make this run to go along with their their, their running game and their passing game. And I thought also in this game they put Dak out on the uh, – they rolled him out, they bootlegged with him on, on the touchdown, uh, they had him on the run, throwing the ball. I think he does very well when he throws on a rollout. That I fourth and one, was, that fourth and one on the rollout where he could have read and then he rolled out and then tossed it to uh, Elliott and picked yeah, up like yeah. eight, nine yards. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, in the bootleg for the touchdown, the Blake Jarwin, those are, you know, to me, that's when Dak Prescott came into the league, this was the advantage he had over Tony Romo. You know, Tony was struggling in the the red zone. The Cowboys were struggling in the red zone because, you know, it's more difficult when everything's compressed down there. But when you have a quarterback who has presents the, the ability to run, the threat of a run, well, then you open up a lot of things for yourself. And that's what, and that's what Dak presents. And I think, you know, we had seen that Dak was running less this year than he was last year. Not a lot less. But if it's just three or four runs a game, I'm not talking about him running 10 or 15 times a game. That's ridiculous. I'm talking about him running five, six, seven, eight times a game. And in the red zone specifically, or as he did a couple of times in this game, uh, on, a, on a third and short, he keeps himself and takes the ball. And, you know, and, and for all the talk about – what he's exposing himself to out there. I would contend that quarterbacks are hurt far more often when they're standing in the pocket, taking blindside hits, taking hits after they deliver the pass, when they're in awkward positions, when guys are then uh, rolling them back and falling on them, 300-pound men falling on them, uh, or picking them up and falling on them. That's when they get the real injuries, as opposed to a guy when he gets out of the pocket, he runs, he slides, he runs out of bounds, he lowers a shoulder and, and takes embraces for an impact. I think that you get hurt far less on those kind of situations than you do standing in the pocket and taking shots. Plus, he's a very judicious runner, too. He doesn't, he doesn't give himself – I mean, he takes some big hits in the red zone when he gets near the, the goal line, and I think that concerns him at times. But you watch him run on the field. Uh, he, he anticipates the hit and avoids it, and he doesn't – he rarely takes it head on. And that's, that's the thing, you know – and that's the thing. It's just using that ability. And you say, well, he's not going to run as, you know, you don't want him to run a lot. Well, it does mean some games he is going to run eight or nine because it's what the defense gives him. I mean, it's like uh, on the rollout, 
Jarwin was wide open because they they bid on the on the uh, the play action to Elliott since Elliott just had run it down their throat the previous time. So I didn't but, see that play. I was in my safe. You room. were in your you were in your safe room. Uh, but but then uh, but you know if they don't bite on you know they're out then you could see and Jarwin's covered then I think Dak would have run in there from there. So I mean that you know it, it's all designed where. But but he is so smart, and he's looking to make the play. He's not looking to run, and that's the key when he gets out in those situations. So I, as we head into this off week, I I feel like there was a lot of encouraging outcomes from this Cowboy game for 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 fans. Um, and and I think I've got the answer, but Kevin, if you were to pick out one singular element, is it the fact that they were more versatile with what they did with Dak, or was it something on the defensive side? No, I think you, you can't. I mean, this was, and they kept referring to it as a complimentary game, uh, and I don't think there's any question that that's correct. This was their, uh, you know, it's hard to say on those first three games, those were all pretty big wins, but they're also against teams who weren't very good. Um, I, I thought this was a great game on both sides of the ball for the Cowboys. Yeah, but I'm only letting you pick really one. Well. I'm making well, you pick one. And, and, and that's tough. I mean, you know, the, the, I guess I wrote about the offense uh, because I that's what I wanted to write about. But but the, on the defense, because it's hard to say, you know, with the, with the Eagles because, you know, Deshaun Jackson's out. He presents – He's a real, you know, thorn to the Cowboys and has been his whole career. That would have been a little different if he'd have been available uh, for them. So, uh, and they were missing some other pieces as well. But uh, you know, the defense is underachieved all year long. And there's no question about that. The, the offense, the, the offensive problems are the same kind of problems they've had. You know, when they don't have their tackles, they're not very good uh, because they they are still pretty. Uh, basic and what they do, even with the wrinkles they introduced the other day. You know, when they have everybody and and everybody's on the field, is supposed to be there. Uh, then the offense is is pretty good, uh, and it's and it's really good, I think, when they put some wrinkles in it, like they did against the Eagles. Uh, I do think though, when you hold a team to ten points, um, uh, that that defense played really well. To me, that's this is the the thing that the Cowboys have to do. So I'm going to go on the defensive side and say that. Uh, if they can get this kind of defensive performance from here on out, the Marcus Lawrence playing really well, uh, and the linebackers playing very well. I thought the secondary did a good job. Xavier Woods got an interception. Uh, he played that ball, and that was that's the kind of play that you want to see from a safety. You know, the the interception that Jordan Lewis had gotten the week before. Well, he he catches it, but but you know, Sam Darnold throws it right to him. You know, that that's kind of just a fluky play. The interception by Xavier Woods was uh, he read the play and did a great job of getting there. That's what you you know, that everybody's always been talking about with Woods is that yeah, he's very instinctive and they and they like what he brings. Well he, we hadn't seen anything like that until this week. So I'm gonna go with the defensive side and say that uh if this if this defense can continue to play like this, then the Cowboys are gonna make a run in the playoffs. David uh, I'm surprised because I thought after Kevin's initial treatise it was going to be the offense that uh, and the use of Dak because we've both been on the on the roll Dak out more um, bandwagon. You agree with Kevin on this, or do you disagree that and, and say that the offense that that the usage of, of Prescott was the bigger encouraging spot? No, performance of the defense. I mean, th- this is uh, 
Look, the Cowboys went into that game. They were the only team in the league that had not started a possession on the opponent's side of the field. The only team in the league. In fact, most team, I think the average, which surprised me, the average was something around seven. Right. <laughs> seven starts on the opposite side of the field, and the Cowboys had none. Um, and, and that's because this defense just doesn't force turnovers. And I, I thought the defense was okay early in the season. Uh, and I thought in the New Orleans game, they were really good, just like they were last year. And I thought, well, okay, this defense finally has its feet back on the ground again. It's going to uh, – now they're going to, you know, slow start, but but now they seem to but have collected themselves. But that was based themselves. more on points than it was on yeah. how, how much they stopped New Orleans, wasn't it? Well, but they, but they, you know, they were good on third downs. They were forcing them, you know, there, there were not many more than three. And, there were three and outs, but there were five and outs. You know, I mean, there, there weren't a lot of prolonged right. drives in that game. And um, so in, in Dallas last year, even at its best, it was more about uh, being a really third ga- good third down defense, getting uh, – offenses off the field because they didn't force that many turnovers last year either or the year before that or the year before that so uh the the fact that they they come out of this game and they get four turnovers and and to me the three sacks wasn't reflective either because their pressure had an impact on that game they were constantly around Wentz even though they wound up with just three sacks so um yeah from a pressure standpoint and again I go back to you know, uh, look, the, the the Cowboys, like every other team in the NFL, adopt this next man up mantra that, uh, you know, you're going to have injuries. You got to put the next man up and keep going. And that's true. And every team does have to adopt that. But I think a lot of times if you focus too much on that, you lose sight of the broader a broader truth, which is. For you to reach your potential as a team, your stars are going to have to play like stars. They're going to have to uh, – they, they are what allows your team to rise to the level you hope and expect it to rise to. And I don't think that uh, – I think during this losing streak, I think some key players were not stepping up and playing big games. Stars weren't Cowboys. playing like stars. And uh, you saw that in in the um, in this game against Philadelphia, and you're going to need that going forward. Um, I don't think Demarcus Lawrence played as bad as a lot of people thought he was playing, but he didn't have the numbers. He wasn't making an, right. a noticeable impact on the game. Well, he made a noticeable impact on, on you know for them getting up 14-0. Um, Jalen Smith and, and Leighton Vander Esch, uh, neither one was playing well. Both played well in that game. Um, so you had, uh, and, and then the, the players on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, Elliot, Ezekiel Elliott's finished with 111 yards rushing. Well, he's had, that didn't even crack the top 15 in his career with the Cowboys, but you look at the impact he had on that game and the physical tone he set and how he was running, uh, that did a lot for, for what that team and, and its approach for the game. So those are the things uh, I think uh, fans should look at going forward and just, uh, uh, you know, look, there's a reason that Ezekiel Elliott got the contract he did, that, that Lyle Collins got the contract he did, that Jalen Smith got the contract he did. And while I'm not one to criticize athletes 
for not living up to their contracts necessarily because it, it's the team that determines the market value and pays them. And I don't think I don't think the players should be straddled with the backlash of that if those expectations were unrealistic. But it does show you that they were counting on these players to have significant roles for them. And, you know, a few of these guys didn't have those significant roles early in the season, certainly not during the losing streak. I um, Before uh, uh, crawling into my safe space um, mm-hmm. later in the evening, I was watching the Saints and the Bears. And uh, sitting there, I uh, was struck by this. And I know that last week we sat here and we, we all talked about Cowboy Panic and how bad that loss was. Um. And I, I I looked at the Saints and I, I I feel like even despite the fact that San Francisco is undefeated, I feel like New Orleans is the class of the NFC at this point. Um, and, and I I really feel like outside of the Saints, even with that, and this is before the Cowboys kicked off against Philadelphia, and as bad as they played, I was like, my my feeling was. There's no team out there that I I would say is markedly better than Dallas, other than the Saints. I mean, I has your opinion of what this team could be, Kevin? You said before the season this team needs to make the NFC Championship, right? Yep. Are you any shaken? Are you shaken from that from that possibility? No, I mean, you look, uh, the expectation shouldn't change because all of a sudden they, you know, went three and three. Uh, the expectation was that I felt like if they didn't get a couple of rounds in the playoffs, if they didn't get to the NFC Championship game, they don't have to win it. But I think that, that that's what that uh, the the implication from Jerry Jones was that uh, this team was going to have to do better than it did last year. And, uh, and and one of the things that we saw going into this season, you know, if you look at the power rankings before the season, was that, oh, that the, the Eagles were really good and the Bears were really good and, and you know, no one was really counting on uh, the 49ers to be any good. But, you know, that uh, just the usuals, the Rams were going to be really good again. And, and you know, and what we're, we're seeing is that uh, these teams aren't. You know, they they haven't been as good. I guess that's my uh, that's my very long winded point is I haven't seen anybody outside of the Saints that I think well, is really good. Yeah, and that's been what the NFC has been over the last five eight years. Uh, you've had New England over in the AFC, but in the NFC, it's it's been a dartboard. I mean, you have teams come up and go down. Which again, I think it surprises people that there's only one team in the NFC over the last five years with a better regular season record than the Cowboys, and that's Seattle. And but so then you step back and 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 Kevin to your point, and then you step back. If you're Jerry Jones, you're saying, "Well, wait a minute. This conference has been wide open for five years. We have the second best record over that span, and there are six teams that have been to the NFC Championship game, and we're not one of them." Explain that to me. Right. Yeah. Well, absolutely right, and then that's what. So yeah, I think that this team should. And you say that the that the the Saints are 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 better or markedly better. I I think the Saints uh, certainly are a really good team. And I think that Teddy Bridgewater has done a great job. But I think what's happened more so in the case of the Saints is that Sean Payton is a fabulous offensive coordinator, and that he has done a tremendous job tailoring this attack to what Teddy does best. 
He's not asking him to do the things he can't do. He's not. They're not challenging uh, down the field like they do with Drew Brees. He's throwing underneath a lot, doing the, doing the kind of things that he can do. And, and, and what Teddy is is a great game manager. He's not a guy who's going to turn the ball over much. Uh, he's going to do what, what he can do and try to you know, keep the ball for you. And, and you know, like the Cowboys lost that game, but as David pointed out, they, they played great defense in that game. They just lost 10-9. to 9. They should have won that game, actually. Uh, if, you know, if Dak had made a throw in the end zone, if they get a, get a field goal, you know, they, they, they win that game. So I think the Cowboys have every reason to expect they can go deep in the, uh, on the NFC side of the bracket. Now, the question would be, you know, if they should get out of that, if they should get to a Super Bowl, do you, would you expect them to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots if the, if the Patriots get back there again? Um, I, I think that the, we've seen with the injury to, to Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs were already having some problems. They don't have a very good defense, and that team certainly rides the, the back of, of, of Mahomes. So I, I don't know what they're going to be able to do. Yeah, I, I don't know about their chances at that point, uh, but I still think that this, this uh, whole race is wide open. I, I agree. I, I think New Orleans is the class of the conference at the moment, especially when they go into Chicago without Kamara, without Jared Cook. And, and they've been without Drew Brees for four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I mean, their defense is, is really good. Yeah. But, yeah, and uh, I, I think they and, – and plus, remember, a lot of people will consider them the true NFC champion from last year. So I think they – there is something for them to prove in addition to what they're, you know. So I, I, I think they have a lot of elements going for them. I, I think they, there's a slight separation there. Um, but, but again, don't read too much into what the league feels like right now. Right. Because last year there was no way in the world the Cowboys were going to make the playoffs. And if they were, the only shot was going to be as a wild card, and that was slipping away. And then what happens? They nailed down the division with two weeks left, and Philadelphia comes back, and they get a wild-card spot. Now, the, the thing is, like you mentioned, with San Francisco and, and Carolina starting to play better now, and, and Minnesota's there, and, and the Rams you would expect to come back up, and, and they made a trade and doubled down just like Dallas did last year after a struggling start to, to go get Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you would anticipate now that the NFC East is on – only going to have one playoff representative, so you better win the division. But it looked that way at this time last year, too, and two teams from the NFC East wound up getting in. Uh, last thing. Yeah, this, oh, go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. No, please. No, no, go ahead. Please, please. No, I think that this uh, – David's right. You, know, you have kind of uh, – you know, even, even in a football season, we're used to them in, in uh, sports like baseball with 162 games, but even in a football season, yeah, I think there are uh, kind of sections of the season when, when teams are uh, – guys get hurt and how teams respond to that. Uh, teams get off to slow starts. Teams get off to fast starts uh, and, and, and how they handle it from that point forward. I, I, I just think that the, the Cowboys schedule uh, – is not uh, the, the parts of it that we thought might be difficult uh, may not be as difficult as we thought. And I, I'm not sure how much this game really told us about the Cowboys. Uh, we had to see them sustain this kind of effort. Uh, I certainly think that this uh, is their – I don't even think this was their ceiling. I think this was kind of – this is who they, they could be. Uh, I'm not going to say it's who they are. This is what they could be. I think that they have to show, though – 
that uh, on the offensive side, and you know, I know Evan, you were wanting us to say that that was going to be the big difference. I think we we can no longer hear from the Cowboys that oh, you know, uh, this we got a little behind us, so we had to do this, you know, or hey, we're on the road, so we don't really want to get to do, do too much here. We couldn't do our hurry up offense here, or you know, there was always an excuse for why you can't do some of the things. That, that should make you good. I realize this team is built on the run, and this is who they are, but it is easy to prepare for that kind of thing. When you introduce the element of Dak Prescott being a little bit of a wild card here once in a while, and then just and just merely making plays like the, the zone read pitch that they did with Tavon Austin for 20 yards and a touchdown, you throw in a few little wrinkles like that, sometimes that's just enough to free up everything else. And I, I thought Dak Prescott made a really good point after the game, too, when when people were when it was taking questions about well you know this team always responds when it's put in these positions and and it did so again he was very quick to say look um yeah but we've got to stop putting ourselves in this position we shouldn't have to play our way into having a game where we have to respond otherwise we're we're in serious trouble we need to go out and avoid these games we we know they're going to come up along the way but we put ourselves in too many of these games. The goal now is to not put ourselves in as many of these games. And then basically, I thought it was kind of lost, but from, from what I heard, he, he basically guaranteed a victory against the Giants. He said something along the lines of, you know, so we got this one, we're going to go out and win the next one, and then we're going to take it from there and go. So, uh, you know, he acknowledges, too, that for them to be the team that he and others say they are going to be, they can't lose three straight after starting out three straight and then everyone going, oh, wow, you look great against Philadelphia. Uh, you know, all is right with the world. Well, if all was right in the world, you wouldn't have been three and three going into the Philadelphia game. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So uh, I think this is going to wrap up the Cowboys uh, segment since we don't really have a uh, game to talk about this week, do we, Dave? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. <laughs> We're this is first class reporting, I tell you. <laughs> well, I just I believe in confirming things, Kevin. I, what are you going to do with your uh, with your weekend, David? Well, I think uh my father-in-law is about to have his 90th birthday, so I believe we'll be celebrating that. Oh, that's great. I believe he's going to uh take a uh a ride in uh in in a old World War 1 plane uh this weekend to celebrate. So we'll do that wow. and then just uh, kind of relax the rest of the weekend. And Kevin, um, since you're turning 90 this week too, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny stuff. Uh, this weekend, uh, uh, I'm off. You know, we got coming up, but we got a big weekend coming up. Not this weekend, but week after, you know, my firstborn is getting married. So it is a big time. We're getting stuff ready here at the house for, uh, we're having a rehearsal dinner here and then. Course, you know that's all we're responsible for. We're just supposed to show up at the wedding after that. Otherwise, many, known many as your people son, will be at the rehearsal dinner. Your son, your son is getting married. Yeah, yes, yes. he is. Jay, uh, well, there, there will be a hundred and fourteen people at the rehearsal dinner. Wow, a hundred and fourteen oh, people at the rehearsal dinner. Guys, yeah. Uh, how about that? A hundred and fourteen. Yes, sir. My God, that's good coinage you're making. You're going to serve them those little little hot dogs and like a... <laughs> I was going to say, all right, honey, here we go. Here's the next one. 
Vienna uh, sausage, put back. Vienna sausage out on the counter and everyone can just grab what they want. You know, that was my one oh. demand when, when Gina and I went to the caterer for uh, our wedding. And my one demand was I wanted the little hot dogs and the blankets as, <laughs> as an appetizer. <laughs> I didn't get that either. Um, I was going to say, and you didn't get that either. No. Exactly. And uh, I've learned to uh, like we, it. Uh, we got, uh, no, we've got our old pals at Sevies. They're catering uh, the dinner. So we're not, we're not responsible for that. So. Well, that 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 sounds like a great plan for next weekend, Kevin. I yeah, I myself will be taking in the Big Apple this weekend. This weekend? Yep. Doing wow. any shows? What's that? Any shows? No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna eat a Big Apple. <laughs> it's my whole weekend. Well, this is like. This is like vaudeville type humor. No, we're yeah we're yeah. gonna we're gonna go to New York. Cat we've skills. we've apparently become. Um, you know, you, you have your people that follow your Grateful Dead, they're deadheads, right? And you yes. have your people that follow your Jimmy Buffett, they're, they're parrotheads. Well, we're going to our second Billy Joel concert in two I was weeks. I say, you just saw it. I don't know what the right word for that is. Joel heads? Uh, I, I don't know. But, I think stalking is the word for it. But uh, we're going to say, it's Gina, having been born in New York, um, though raised in South Florida, considers herself a New Yorker through and through. And uh, I think on her bucket list was to see Billy Joel, the bard of New York, modern day, uh, in Madison Square Garden. So we're going to take that in. And then uh, Saturday, I think we may try and do a show spur of the moment and see what we yeah. can come up with. So, uh, Nice. Yeah, we're also going to go to um, – I, I got to tell you this before we get off this Cowboys broadcast. We're going to go to Brooklyn. I, I have never been to Brooklyn, even though my parents both grew up there. Um, my mother still remembers her childhood address, and uh, we showed it to her on Google Street View, and she goes, yeah, that's still the building. So we're going to go. Uh, so you've never I, seen it. You've never been I've by I've never it. been there. So we're going to go by there. Um, it's in the middle of Crown Heights. We're going to go by there and uh, take a photo. Um, and then I found my, uh, my grandfather um, had a furniture company in Brooklyn, uh, which, much like the rest of our family, went bankrupt. Um, and, uh, I have a pencil still that's like 75 years old that, uh, that has the Grant Industries logo on it and it has the address and I looked it up. It's, it's, uh, and it's still there. It, it, well, I don't know if the building is there, but I looked up the address and it's, it's, it's on the street, St. James place, um, which is a very fashionable Clinton Hill now. And, um, uh, the address, uh, when I looked it up on Google Street View, did show a vacant lot. Um, but in that same block, apparently, because this is what happens thanks to the Google, I found out that the same block is where Notorious B.I.G. grew up. Oh. So we're wow. Gonna, so my dad was an OG. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm going How with. How great is that? Yeah, it's fantastic. Did we kill enough time? That's cool. I like it. Did we kill enough time? Kevin, are you going to stick around for the Rangers, or you got to go pick up your truck? Uh, no, I'm going to stick around for the Rangers. I don't have. To, I, I have to have the truck to get to to the Mavericks uh, practice today, so I'm, I'm writing about the uh, the Mavericks. Their, their season starts tomorrow, you know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. That. All right. Well, we're going to run That's now, and we're going to we're going to call you back and start the Rangers podcast. We're just saying that. That'd Stay on the line. Stay on the line. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.